0: Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode I speak to comic book artist, writer and rather intriguing individual Alan Haverholm about what comics he would take into the apocalypse. But before we get into it, if you enjoy the show today, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but I believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Alan Haverholm. How are you doing? Hello, Samuel.
1: I'm doing great.
0: Thanks. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on Comics for the Apocalypse. It's a real pleasure to to have you on. And uh, I believe you're our first Scandinavian. So thanks very much for, for, for taking that role.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> the little things. The
0: little <laughs>
1: things count too.
0: Isn't it? Uh, yeah, fantastic. Um, so uh, for, for anybody that doesn't know, uh, what do you do in the world of comics?
1: Um... Well, currently I'm sitting in a corner and doing, uh, doodles that <laughs> nobody really <laughs> notices. Um, well, I started out in, um, I started out when I was 12, actually had my first comic published then. Um, and, um, if, if we fast forward to 2006, that's when my first, um, the first comic that I, that I want to be associated with, uh, came out in, uh, in Denmark, did a graphic novel, uh, an apocalyptic graphic novel, actually, um, about well, the end of the world, starting in Denmark just for, for once, rather than L.A. or, <clears throat> or, or New York. Um, and from then on, I moved on to um well, more experimental comics. I, I threatened to do a, having done a graphic novel, I wanted to do a graphic um, record uh, music album. try to to subvert uh, story structures and uh, ways of uh, telling stories graphically Um, and uh, well it's just veered off to the left from there Uh, it's gone (laughs) 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 my comics have become more and more experimental um, and I've um, yeah Yeah, I sent you some samples of my uh, most recent uh, abstract collage work right How'd yeah. you
0: like it? <laughs> yeah, really interesting. Um, I've been I've been trying to uh, read more and more experimental comics, and mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you know Sliced Quarterly at all. I don't actually
1: know.
0: No, so that's uh, that was um, uh, sort of a bit of a an abstract comics anthology uh, that was set up by a guy here in the UK called Ken Reynolds. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend that you check that out. I think they've. St- I think Ken stopped it now, but they had three anthologies um and yeah, it's really interesting um and I think it's it's really interesting to try and yeah break the mold of of comics really and see what's possible
1: absolutely yeah and i'm not I'm not sure exactly I still enjoy story and straight entertainment both in comics and film and so on but uh, uh there was just something that set my mind at work when i when i started doing these uh, non-figurative, non figurative non non narrative comics that i'm really on the border as <laughs> i suppose between comics and the contemporary arts right now definitely um, you know at that blind spot where no uh, neither neither area really Notice
0: me. <laughs> well, you're a, you're a trailblazer, Alan. That's for sure. Yeah,
1: that's Isn't it. it. That, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Excellent.
0: <laughs> um, and so, uh, where can people find you on the interwebs?
1: Well, they can find me on uh, on my website, havahome dot um, I just rolled it back. A little while ago, I thought the, the blog format became too unwieldy, so it's pretty um, scraped right now. Yeah,
0: I, mean, I, I believe your tagline is the, the minimal internet presence or something. <laughs> it, isn't
1: it? it is that. It's it's sparse, but it, I think it's. it's oh, it's nice. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice website. People have a very um, basic understanding of uh, who I am and what's going on. There, yeah. There's going to be more at some point.
0: Uh, Excellent. And then you're on Twitter, us. mostly in terms of social media?
1: I'm on Twitter, yeah. Uh, as uh, at have a Uh I have this horrible habit of just uh, squatting any new platform with my <laughs> last name as a username, so I'm pretty easy to find. Um, uh, my brother kidnapped the the Reddit account. so.
0: Oh no! <laughs> ah, bastard! Have to get him next time. Yeah, um, no sneaky brothers. brothers excellent Um, and yeah for for all the listeners out there um, yeah go check out Alan's work by following the links in in the uh, show notes Um, but Alan um, unfortunately I've got some bad news for you um, because uh, there's actually been a zombie outbreak um, and the zombie apocalypse is upon us so my question my first question to you is what is your action plan for survival
1: well that's one thing we need to, to straighten out first here are they uh, are they are they slouching lumbering zombies or are they the running zombies from
0: uh, yes so we're doing, we're doing days later yeah exactly yeah, we' we're, we're doing walking dead zombies
1: oh great great um, well my action plan is because I got an email this uh, just before the weekend saying that uh, this was going to happen. There was some British guy, I think he's running some podcast um, wanted me to do some prep. Um, So I'm actually one of the few persons who who knew in advance that there was going to be this zombie outbreak. Naturally, I've been (laughs) (coughs) contacting all the authorities and uh, scaring people on, uh, on Twitter and so on, but nobody believed me. So uh, I'm, now that the zombies have actually taken over uh, and are walking the streets and eating people and whatever they can get their claws on, uh, I'm sitting on my balcony five floors up in a, a locked-down concrete uh, high-rise and uh, just rubbing my hands and saying, Told you." <laughs> Amazing. My coffee and, uh, yeah, sipping my coffee until, of course, water and... Uh, our supplies run out. So, yeah, I'm the ostracised lunatic who will be found by other survivors. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully,
0: hopefully, yeah.
1: Uh, At some point, I'm probably going to have to get out. and We have a supermarket, a mall right around the corner, so we're going to have some Dawn of the Dead uh, showdowns there, I think.
0: Oh, definitely. Um, I can see some some battles behind some shopping trolleys, that's for sure. Um, And... uh, yeah, and um, we'll uh, we'll find out your uh your weapon tool or useful item at the end of the show that you'll be taking to the supermarket with you. Um so, yeah. so listeners hold on for that. Uh now my first question um for you um is that in uh this new apocalypse um you have to kind of take a cert- certain number of comics with you from certain sure certain genres um and uh, the first one that comes up is is what's the first comic you remember enjoying
1: mm. well uh the thing is i i started reading really early and i learned to read from comics uh, great so exactly what was the point where i was reading them and not just skimming the pictures i'm not entirely sure <laughs> took over my older brother's entire comics collection loads of uh Donald Duck magazines and so on. But I think the first ones I really remember enjoying were French, Belgian uh, album comics. Uh, Mm -hmm. Must have been some Asterix or Lucky Luke or something. Uh, Stuff that, uh, well, especially Asterix, I think really gave me a a great basis for uh, appreciating comics because there are just so many layers of um commentary in the in the dialogue is it's pretty witty or the early old uh, uh, albums were, were really really clever and, and witty in their dialogue and had references back and forth both, both to 20th century popular culture and to roman literature latin mm. paraphrases and so on uh, so th- it's it's something that I can look at even now and not not be too disturbed by you know no no
0: so um, Asterix just completely holds up um definitely um, and there, are there are there any particular stories that stood out to you do you, do you remember i don't
1: particularly know um uh, I'm trying to recall the one where they go to Britain, actually, just for the occasion.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I remember that one. Yeah.
1: There was some riff, repeating riff about uh, about the weird Brits who were drinking water with uh, with herbs. Yeah. Salt in it. There's no Yeah,
0: <laughs> And then pro- pro- probably uh, kind of a, an insult about roast beef or something like that. Because the the French are well-known for calling us the roast beefs (laughs) for some reason. um, (laughs) I guess we just eat a lot of roast beef. Yeah,
1: and the thing about politeness, right? Being overly polite, whereas the French just say things
0: as they are. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I know that from personal experience. My my wife is French, so, um, yeah, I I fully understand that. (laughs) 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 <laughs> excellent um so uh moving on to our our uh, next comic um that you're that you're allowed to keep uh what's the the funniest comic or the comic that made you laugh out loud the most
1: yeah the thing about keeping those um i have two examples that really made me laugh or, or at the very least chuckle out loud mm. recently but they're both web comics yeah so. I'm going to have to have to preserve them in in memory instead. Mm-hmm. Um, one is uh, JL8 by uh, Yale Stewart, I think his name is. Yeah. Um, which is a uh, it's an um, I think unauthorized comic about about the Justice League. I mean the the main roster of uh, DC Comics superheroes, but it's told as if they were they were eight years old. And all in a, uh, uh, must be second grade together, and all the stories and conflicts revolve around school situations. I mean, the bullies on the corridor, which are super, super villains led by Lexi yeah. Thor and so on, is, <laughs> and they're going on camp, a part of them are going on camp together, and, uh, with, with, a with a scout troop, which is actually the Green Lantern Corps and so on. It's it's, it's pretty <laughs> funny. I mean, I I really got into superhero comics when I was a teenager and then at some point dropped it again because it got really too, too dense with its chronology and, mm-hmm. and crisscrossing back and forth between, uh, between titles. But JL8 really has all of that. just, heart and excitement that i that i liked about superhero comics when i was a kid and I, I, it's really it's really great it has better characterization better storylines than any superhero comic i read for 20 years amazing it's it, it is really amazing
0: i'm gonna have to properly check this out because i i mean i did i did briefly look at it before <laughs> um and uh yeah, um, just kind of the depictions are really well done um, yeah. in terms of like if you were to roll back the clock in terms of making yeah Superman, uh, Batman, even the Joker um, is on there um, being eight years old. Exactly. Um, and uh, I mean, props to the to the guy that's done it, but um, yeah, yeah. I I just wonder what what did DC <clears throat> think of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
1: If he credits them, uh, like uh,
0: yeah, on every page, it, doesn't it? At the bottom, yeah.
1: Uh, just saying, I mean, those, this is based on DC Comics characters, but um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I think it's, I think it's really exciting uh, when people get away with doing great fan fiction and they're not being persecuted for it. I mean, sure, yeah. if if they. If if this comic should do a really sharp dark turn and say well oh and by the way Wonder Woman is uh, Wonder Girl is uh, a victim of uh, of incest or something and then yeah. they might actually DC Comics might send their uh, their lawyers on the on eight. but the way it's being done right now I think it's just it's just hilarious and it's it's funny and more or less it, it speaks to to the way that these characters are part of our collective psyche, more or less, and our collective mm. consciousness. I mean, so many people have done um, have done Batman stories without asking permission. Mm. So I mean, everybody, everybody who's ever held a pencil and made a mark on paper wants to do a Batman story. Come on,
0: yeah, <laughs> who hasn't? Yeah. Basically.
1: So at, at some point you need to ask yourself who who owns those characters, mm. especially the ones that are so well iconic as uh, as Batman um, they live they live in our imagination uh, and corporations publishers can't can't really put a copyright on mm. that, can they
0: it's really really difficult um and if anything it could it could like actually hurt dc if they were to go after this guy um because like seemingly he doesn't make any money out of it and like if anything it kind of just promotes yeah uh promotes dc characters as a whole um, and I think that's that's probably the line. Is if you know somebody was intentionally trying to just make money out of it rather than just making it a free web comic or something. Exactly. Um yeah. Then because there's there's plenty of kind of fan films of uh, like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and stuff like that that you can find on YouTube. Um, but as far as I know, I don't think they make any money from it, um, okay. and so they don't go after them, basically. Um I remember
1: there was a case back. Uh... Five years ago or so, there was a, a, a school in Denmark that had made a mural. All the students had pitched in and painted on this mural. And uh, there were Disney characters in there. Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse and so on and so forth. Mm. And Disney's lawyers just hit them with a cease and desist. What? <laughs> it, it hit the media. <sighs> uh, and then it just exploded. I mean, yeah. Facebook was on fire because what the hell, Disney?
0: Yeah, exactly. Why Uh, are you going after kids? Like, what I like
1: was Warner Brothers were just there immediately. Hey, you can do Bugs Bunny.
0: It's okay. Uh, Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Oh, yeah, that's the way to play it, isn't it? Um, Yeah, (laughs) incredible. Public
1: relations nightmare.
0: I mean, Uh, yeah. Massively, massively, and uh, well, a public relations uh, dream for for the opposite company, so Warner Brothers, yeah. isn't it? It's just like just swoop right in. Oh yeah, but we're the good guys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, on 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 that upsetting note, um I'd like to find out what the uh, the saddest, almost upsetting comic that you've read. Oh
1: yeah. Well, I had to wonder bit about about this one. Um, I've taken Rosalie Lightning by Tom
0: Hart, mm-hmm.
1: which is uh, an autobiographical story about him and his wife, a uh, cartoonist Leela Corman losing their their toddler, uh, toddler daughter, um, Rosalie. Uh, it's a really affecting uh affecting story about loss and grief and just coping with with losing somebody that uh, that young and that close to you uh, i probably wouldn't have been as affected by it before i had children but mm-hmm. just reading through it uh i mean it gave me the gave me the sads and the and the chills uh, it was it, it's an amazing story and so it's so well told uh, and it's it's a pretty massive book. I have it right here I don't know. I don't know how many pages it really is, oh yeah, two hundred and sixty. Yeah. so he really dwells on all this uh the little memories and their um, their attempts at finding some meaning in something that is just basically meaningless, and the the way that he just sticks to the memories and works through them is it's it's really well it's really aff- affecting I and mean, it, it gives a glimpse into a situation that most parents would would prefer never to to never to have. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a really great book and. I'm almost tearing up just talking about it now.
0: So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I haven't read it, but I, I I read the the synopsis and looked at some of the yeah. artwork before, um, uh, before today, um, and um, yeah, as a like fairly new father, my my daughter's two years old, um, hmm. ugh, I just couldn't imagine having to go through that, um. And then I mean I, I suspect it was, it was exceedingly uh, therapeutic for both of them to actually um mm. create this story. Um and uh yeah, so that's 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 gone to near the top of my reading list, um, Rosalie Lightning. Um and I believe that I, I think off the top of my head it was Eisner award winning. It might I think was it uh, uh, was awesome. uh, Eisner nominated maybe. Yeah. Maybe just instead my copy
1: doesn't say so maybe that's from before the
0: yeah, publication of that uh, um, but uh, either way um, what, what I'm interested in I mean obviously it's a very sad um, sad story and true story at that um, but uh, for, for, for you as an artist and a creator um, and as a, as a father how did did fatherhood affect your art at all
1: well, I suddenly started drawing more babies, but right. then, <laughs> um, no, not not my art as such, but my practice. It certainly did um, did oh, yeah. affect because it gave me more structure in my in my everyday life.
0: Okay,
1: couldn't spend as many late nights uh, sitting up and drawing and catching up with my with my comics work because yeah. I knew there was going, uh, going to be a lot of screaming and feeding in mm. uh, a few hours. So once the, the children started uh, starting going to kindergarten and so on to school and later on, it just set some parameters like, okay, 6 o'clock, get up. 8 o'clock, get the kids to school. Mm. 4 o'clock, pick them up. So 8 to 4, that would be my, my work time. Before that, I could pretty much just squander my time as I wanted, but
0: yeah, all of a sudden, you have a nine to five job what, yeah totally every days. second counts, doesn't it exactly <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. Um, that that's really really interesting and how do how did you find that transition do you do you think that you prefer it now or
1: oh yeah, yeah, because now that time's precious, I actually sit down and get get work done during mm. uh, before it was like um I always, or mostly, worked from home. Uh, I always had a work desk at home with my art materials and so on. Um, And it just becomes so easy, sister, how those dishes don't wash themselves, and Mm how I need to do the laundry, maybe I should go for a walk. But all of a sudden now there's just a limited amount of time to get things done, and I think it's actually pretty productive that way to to just buckle down when you have the, your 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 own time
0: <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. it's 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 very yeah. motivating to because you've always got this uh little voice in the back of your mm-hmm. mind saying look yeah. before you know it the kids are going to be home <laughs> and you know yeah. you're not going to be able to do anything so you've got to get this done now um yeah. so uh, yeah it is, it is exceedingly motivating to to get stuff done before the before the house becomes a war zone again yeah. <laughs> of uh, of depending on uh uh what sex your your children are whether it 's princesses or you know battle robots or whatever <laughs> you
1: know? I, well, both my children are boys but i i've met a few girl battle robots <laughs> oh yes as well yeah yeah um,
0: it's, it's even better when you've got kind of Battle robots in princess castles. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Then, um, yeah. So, uh, go, moving on from uh, that, um, the most upsetting comic. Um, what's the What's the scariest, almost horrifying comic that you've read?
1: Um. Yeah, that was another difficult question. I um, I remember discussing horror comics with a with a colleague. Friend that at one point years and years ago, there's just something about comics that work against horror. Mm-hmm. You can you can build suspense, you can build uh, ambience. you can you can you, you can well you can do all you can and try to save the jump scare for the the page turn, right?
0: Yeah.
1: But comics are always. Uh, at the leisure of the reader's pace.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They can always skip ahead. They can always <laughs> um skip over the parts where you're really trying to build up the suspense and, and so on. Um so it, it's not completely in your hands. Um I was tempted to say uh, Usumaki by uh, Junji Ito because it's just so madcap and it just builds forever. Um mm. Over, over three volumes until it's just, you're entirely consumed in this spiral, spiraling story. But um, I decided to, to go with uh, Warren Craghead's uh, Medziegan. Right. Which is um, uh, an ongoing project uh, he has done about the um, Armenian genocide by the Ottomans during and uh, following the uh, First World War. Hmm. Now, Warren Crackhead, Warren is a friend of mine, you know, the internet, internet friend that you nice. have actually met. But um, we've been talking and exchanging emails for a decade or something. Um, and lately he's been starting to do these massive series where he redraws something day by day, day uh, to the date uh, mm-hmm. He's doing, um, he's doing uh, a series called Trump Trump where he draws Trump every day um, during his presidency, starting when he announced his candidacy. Uh, he's done uh, La Grande Guerre, uh, which was about, well, World War I, where every day would just go in. What happened on this date 100 years ago and just going through it all five, it four or five years of the war at a hundred years delay and out of that sp- sprung this uh, Metz project um, and it especially because that that's really zooming in it's not the entire uh, european war it's it's zooming in on the on the syrian and armenian um, location there and the and the area and just going through how the ottoman empire would uh, Persecute this uh, this little uh, segment of the of the population, and it's really it was like a dress rehearsal for the industrial genocide that came later in World War Two. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's it's really amazing. He, he uh, there there were periods where he didn't have records of what happened on this particular day. I mean, there were no troop movements, there were no ethnic cleansing, and so on, and he would just go into. Uh, an online archive of uh, victims of the Armenian genocide.
0: Right.
1: Just do this uh, almost from a template. Make a drawing of one of the victims um, and then repeat it in in three similar uh, panels but have the, the character slowly catch fire and burn. So every... Every of those days, you would just get an image of a person uh, being immolated, uh, disappearing from from the surface of the earth as a, as a reminder that this really happened. This is um, And I think it was for an entire year. he actually just drew the same image, very well-known press photograph uh, from the um, from the genocide, where. Uh, the Armenians had been fleeing through the Syrian desert to—I um, forget the city's name now. Um, was it Ramallah, Maybe. Right. My geography is rubbish. <laughs> but, um, but there's this photograph of a an Armenian woman who's holding a a little boy who's has died, really within sight of the of the of the city which would be their salvation. So she's sitting there on the ground in the desert holding the, the child, uh, really effective image. And, uh, yeah, he, he redrew that every single day just to manifest the past and the the, the the actions of the past through, I think it was a whole year. I mean, those, those exercises that he that he does is just amazing to me
0: incredible and and horrifying at the same time exactly i mean i I, I had a little uh look at them um and uh yeah i mean particularly some of the uh recent ones of of trump are i mean they're incredible drawings but they just look horrifying (laughs) (laughs) but they they do
1: because
0: well that's the point yeah yeah
1: yeah, exactly I, i did an interview with him at one point for for a comics uh Mm -hmm. journal that i was working for uh and he was just he was so exasperated by having to draw that big big cheeto every every day and uh Mm -hmm. and a little bit incredulous actually looking back at his work and it's like you know in the beginning i Actually, kind of tried to draw him as a human, but now he's just this big walking right. pus-ridden gung heap of a of a person. Uh, yeah, I really recommend it. it's really
0: it. Uh, kind of uh, uh, what's the best word? He's, he's kind of monster-fied him, isn't oh, um, Kind of like the um, yeah, as as if it was a genetic experiment gone wrong, basically. More or less, yeah. Yeah, incredible. Excellent. Um, and so uh, you can uh, look that up, I think, on his Tumblr. Is that correct? Yeah. And I think it's um, yeghern.tumblr.com. So that's Y-E-G-H-E-R-N.tumblr.com. Uh, exactly, um, yeah. And, uh, um, you can check it out on there.
1: All of the Trump drawings are, are at the trump.trump.biz website.
0: <laughs> um. Twitter Apparently handle. It's right too yeah, yeah. and uh, the website as well yeah exactly excellent fantastic and anyway
1: I mean follow follow Warren on on Twitter or Instagram wherever you can find him um, he's posting images and drawings all the time he's like he's a, a an image generator he draws everywhere during meetings during rehearsals for his kids see at a place and even even draws while he's driving. I try to warn him against this, but
0: wow, yeah, <laughs> uh, don't do this at home, folks. <laughs> so
1: if if your Twitter or social media are kind of slow, you can just let Warren take them over and just fill your feed with amazing posted drawings and little sketches. And yeah, incredible. Warren's amazing.
0: Great. Um, and so uh, we come on to um a quite poignant question: What's the most meaningful? Comic to you?
1: Uh, yeah, I think we're going to have to discuss this a little bit <laughs> <laughs> uh, because my my choice is probably the least meaningful for most other people. I've chosen the uh, Abstract Comics anthology from mm. Graphics. Uh, came out in two thousand and nine, uh, edited by Andrei Malotiu, who's uh, also running the uh, the blog Abstract Comic. Um, and he's an abstract comics artist himself. Um, so basically, that's what's that? 300 pages of uh, well, non-figurative art uh, in a in a big hefty uh, hardcover uh, anthology. Um, when I got my hands on it, uh, first I thought it was it would be just a fun thing to have uh, I'm a bit of a bibliophile and I need to <laughs> get my hands on weird stuff but as it turns out when I started living through this uh, it, uh, it well it's it's really affected my, uh, my practice and my, my drawing and my way of thinking about comics obviously since I'm also doing abstract comics myself now but mm. um, there's just something so completely um, obstructive in the in the in the form of, of, of abstract comics. They reject uh, image. They reject the figure. They re- by doing that, you can't even have a uh, a proper story. Uh, you can't really tell anything in a linear form because what the hell do these pictures even look like? Or what do they represent? Right. Uh, But still, it is so clearly and so and It it really set my uh, mind going, oh sorry, I'm just leaving through the book now and and losing my train of thought.
0: That's quite right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think it set set me thinking about, okay, so I'm not going to argue whether this is comics, but how how can this still be um, if we need to if we if we accept that abstract comics are comics as well, then we must also conclude that well, stories aren't necessarily about story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, comics aren't necessarily about uh, specific genres because that's mostly what is signified by the. Uh, by the images I mean we can tell almost immediately if this is this a crime story is this a humor uh, comedy story and so on and so forth just from the way that it's drawn but when it starts moving into this uh, this area of uh, more or less not even contemporary art but the, uh, the the fine art of maybe the 50s and 60s uh it got me wondering uh, what how close can comics move to 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 the fine art world, and right. why the hell didn't people do these comics in the fifties and sixties when mm-hmm. people were hanging this kind of imagery on the on the gallery walls
0: mm-hmm.
1: so, so it's like comics have been in my view at least have been 60, 70 years removed from uh the development of, of, uh, of fine art now that's really uh, that's the kind of meaning that i that I, I took from from that anthology and that's uh that's really steered me in the, the direction that i'm still working in
0: amazing um, and do you, do you see yourself in the future just staying in in uh, the abstract abstract form of comics and and art.
1: Well, I've been working within that form for six six years now. Mm. Um. And uh, well, the work that I'm work, <laughs> the book that I'm working on right now is really more into contemporary art than. Um, then in into comics i mean even even i have difficulties <laughs> claiming that 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 this is comics anymore mm-hmm. uh and i'm starting to feel a pull back in the other direction maybe maybe try to do something with a bit of narrative and really try to combine combine the two worlds more uh integrate them more more fluidly mm-hmm. uh, see where where that goes um I'm a little bit uh, anxious about um, repeating myself and going back and doing what I feel comfortable with. Uh, right. I, I need to, to challenge myself every once in a while, uh, and I think that's probably what's <laughs> rearing its head now. Hmm. Uh, I know I, I mentioned doing that uh, graphic novel, having that published in 2006, but I had been working on it since 2000. Um, that was quite a massive amount of work to to go through, and I was after that I was just no, uh, I'm never ever going to do the same thing for that for that long again, uh, because I need to try other stuff and and never never settle, never stagnate in in one specific way of expression. Uh, so there's going to be something else. <laughs> after my abstract comics, but I'm not quite sure yet. It hasn't. Uh, what well, is? Hasn't manifested.
0: It it'll uh, make itself known when the time's right, I guess. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, well, I look forward to to seeing uh, what you come up with. Mm. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and so, uh, moving on to our next question, um, what do you think is the most underrated comic?
1: Well. I'm not going to brag or, or, or sound bitter about it, but I think probably probably, mine, my own. Uh, <laughs> um, when it comes to underrated or overrated, I mean, at least with my own work, because I'm fairly close to the production and publication, uh, I have a good idea how people rate it by my right i I see the sales numbers coming in and I'm pretty underrated I'm fine with that but <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, and because I'm out in my uh my little uh corner of of comics, I'm not really sure what the, what people rate <laughs> so yeah. to speak okay. i sure I know what's in the mainstream mm. uh I keep up to date with that more or less um but but uh What's really on my on my radar is people like Warren Craghead or Junior uh, Jankovic or Oliver East from uh, from Britain, um, Simon Morton, also British, um, and so on. I, I keep up with with those guys, and I really really rank those quite a lot higher than uh, than whatever Marvel or DC comes up with. I mean, this. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I think mostly my uh, my appreciation my appreciation of my own work uh, is is higher than the outside worlds and it's disproportionate with what I think about. Well, you know the comics that that sell in the millions. So
0: um, I think who knows f- what the future holds, Alan. Really, no, um, I guess it's it, for for some people probably it's. Um, it's the it's the i guess it's the understanding mm. of abstract isn't it um and uh i mean doing it in in kind of comic form and things obviously it's uh, it gets out to the masses um which is which is excellent um but I guess it kind of uh because i guess the majority of people uh, don't understand. You know what it's meant to, meant to represent, or anything like that. Kind of what you were saying earlier, um, that that kind of puts limitations on it, maybe.
1: Oh, but it definitely does, and I I have no uh, no delusion that uh, <laughs> that I'm ever going to, yeah. to sell even thousands of my uh, of my work, and, I, and that's fine. I mean, uh, to each his own. And I, I don't. Yeah, totally. But it's not like I want Marvel to to stop doing, you know. The same sense the that they that they have over and over again. Yeah. More power to them. And if people want to be be entertained by, by that, that's fine. Um But I think there's a there's a very limited mindset as to what is mm-hmm. what what are comics. Um, yeah, totally. uh, and it very much has to do with uh with the mainstream and with the markets, how that has been streamlined into into just a few choice genres with a little variation depending on whether it's an Asian or a American or a European market, um, but it's it's very much in the entertainment um, strata, right? Uh, I mean, there are there are anthologies that are publishing um, comics poetry. Trying to make visual poetry and combining poetry and uh, and comics in in very exciting ways like inkbrick uh, the anthology um, and and uh, I just think it's it's a little sad I'm not going to to, to pity or or talk down to to people who prefer mainstream comics but it, maybe a little bit of perspective uh just recognizing that hey comics are actually a whole bunch of things uh the same thing that installation video installations in in an art museum is is filmed the same way that uh, that uh infinity war was avengers infinity war you know sure the medium is the same
0: (laughs) basically
1: And I mean,
0: yeah. I, yeah. No go ahead, Alan.
1: Okay. Just to to stick with the with the museums and the fine art for a while. I mean, there are, there are really top ranking artists, conceptual artists, who are doing work that that could easily be uh, compared to or accepted as comics. I mean, uh, Saul LeWitt, who again was. Uh, Starting out in the in the sixties and working through the eighties and nineties, did a a bunch of work that is uh, really comics-like and and should be either embraced or at least um, looked at, considered as as a kind of comics and maybe a way for uh, comics artists to expand a bit, you know, Mm. widen the palette beyond just uh telling stories.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. Um and uh so we kind of come on to one of the most important questions now, mm. um which is for you, uh what is the best comic of all time?
1: Um well, I'm just going to to bypass everything that I just said about fine art and so on and say Watchmen. Watchmen is probably the <laughs> perfect comic for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I got my hands on it when I was really deep in, deeply into superhero comics. And um, even, even now when I return to it, every time I think that I've made some breakthrough uh, work or theory about comics narrative and disintegrating the... Uh, uh, the linear, sequential form, and so on. Then I go back to Watchmen. and think, Meh. Alan Moore did this in '86. Yeah. Uh, basically, I, I I can't come up with anything anything that that old wizard hasn't done already. <laughs> um, so beyond just being a, a, a appreciative of uh, of Alan Moore's work, and I'm, I mean, Watchmen is it's a pretty Good story, and it is so conscious of its uh, of its own form and media. Uh, it's multifaceted and, and generous, and it's just a plethora of ways you can read it. Um, I mean, Doctor Manhattan's uh, fragments, its point of view, uh, mm. is is really probably. Uh, or at least conceptually close to to my own book, when the last story is told, where everything is just there, there's no story left, there's no uh, uh, linear uh, structure to to, to carry. Um, it's probably that's probably where I got it from.
0: <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> well inspired inspired it's quite alright um, i'm sure alan Moore and dave gibbons had their their inspirations um from from elsewhere before that so uh, probably
1: i uh,
0: probably from the fine arts world you know <laughs> yeah 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 why not um you know there's, uh there's inspiration comes from everywhere really yeah. um so uh, yeah that's awesome um and is it, are there are any other particular um Particular parts of Watchmen that really stand out to you?
1: Well, there, there's the political side of it that I, that I think was rather um, rather gripping. Or what should I say? When I read it, I was twelve or something for the first time, and uh, both the, both the political alternate reality that they set up with that clever um, uh, equation of, you know, superpowers versus superpowers, uh, a bit of a pun, uh, Mm. meaning going on there. Um, And just the way that the, uh, that the characters are, are represented as, Deeply, deeply flawed. I mean, there, there's yeah. really no heroization of of those people. The only person that you can say really succeeds in the entire book is the is the so to speak villain quote unquote um, Ozymandias, uh, who basically unites the entire world after a, a, a massive cold war. <laughs> it's a, right. It is it is so morally uh, ambiguous, and uh, the whole reading is ambiguous. Um, I think that's uh, that that was just really that was the last word on uh, on superheroes, um, mm-hmm. and for the what is it thirty five, forty years since then, people have just kept talking, yeah. kept churning out the out superhero stories to know to no real point, if you mm. ask me. Um, yeah, I, I, and then there's also the the visual, uh, the visual narrative of the entire thing. I mean, I mentioned the, the fragmented view of Dr. Manhattan, but there's also the way that they use recurring visual motifs. I mean, the uh, the smiley face, the blood splattered the smiley yeah. face and you know. Uh, Close ups of faces and the entire, it, it even moves on to you have uh, pictures of Night Owl's ship where it kind of looks like those big eyed, um, uh, smiley faces and so on. The way that that's just recurring all the way through, always with a diagonal uh, that resembles both the, the, the hands on the, on the doomsday clock and the Blood splatter on the on the badge. It is just so simple and so clever, I haven't seen it done to the same effect since then, or definitely not before um, before Watchmen came out. I don't know what to say. It's perfect. It's uh, it's yeah. it's just, and even down to the to the structure of the story. I mean, the way mm-hmm. they they use. Uh reflections in the images, and then have an entire chapter that is just reflected around its its own middle spread as how how why i'm mean, i'm I don't have words really
0: yeah to it. it's it's just that it's the best comic of all time. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but don't take my word for it. I mean, it was on, was it the New York Times
0: who did that? Oh, yeah, 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 100%. It's 100%. The, well, it's the only graphic novel that's in the top 100 books, I think, isn't it, for time? I mean, yeah. yeah, in, it, in his it's the greatest. The time, yeah. the, what, sorry, Hannah?
1: If Mouse wasn't there as well. Um, that's ah, right, yeah. Mouse. I'm not sure, actually, right. but, but I think they ranked Watchmen higher.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah definitely incredible um, yeah. and so uh we come on to uh, the most difficult question of the uh, comics questions and that is if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse from this list which would it be
1: uh that would have to be the abstract comics anthology really awesome. um it it would be either that or or watchmen but i think well, I've taken enough from Watchmen. It's time time mm. to leave that in in the apartment, in the bookshelf when I when I when I move out from uh, from this concrete tower <laughs> and try to <laughs>
0: make, make way my way elsewhere. through
1: the through the zombie world. <clears throat>
0: yeah,
1: uh, yeah. So I take abstract comics uh, because, like I said, it's it's three hundred pages of amazing uh, amazing art. Uh, it's, it's always thought-provoking, and because it's because the the art is so ambiguous, uh, non-representative, yeah. then it's uh, every time you read it, you, you're co-creating and putting new meaning and new readings into the into the book. I think it's uh, that will definitely go in the backpack. Uh, yeah, as the only thing to 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 save for possible yes. future generations.
0: Definitely, um, it's got a very long shelf life as well in terms of its versatility. Um, kind of what you were saying there, in that you know you can always find new things from it. I think, exactly. um, as your perception changes. But yeah,
1: and that also you know, um, like I said, it's a it's a pretty big hardcover. So yeah. If I should meet a, a flock of zombies, I can always whack them over the head with it and get away with it, Very uh, with all limbs intact. It's pretty Excellent. Heavy, so Yeah,
0: that doesn't surprise me. Three hundred page hardcover. Um, yeah, that's going to do some damage. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Excellent. Uh, speaking of which. Um, with uh, this zombie apocalypse uh, in mind, uh, what weapon, tool, or useful item would you like to take with you?
1: Uh, well, I have the weapon covered, obviously, with the the abstract comics book. Yeah. Um, I think rather than just defence, I think I would um, I would try to think a little more constructively and maybe positively. I would bring some means of making. Artwork, uh, possibly a sketchbook, a good, good thick sketchbook, just to keep making work. Uh, and yeah. definitely. If we uh, if we have just a glimmer of hope as uh, living humans to uh, <laughs> to make it through this, then uh, then we're going to need ours. Oh,
0: absolutely, um, and it'd be great to document it. Um, through uh through some artwork <laughs> wouldn't it
1: <laughs> absolutely and also i mean art is uh, is valuable as a means of communication and yes. uh, epic exchange so maybe that is going to be how we uh learn to get along with the zombies uh i i mean the the zombies since uh, night of the living dead have been uh, the image of the other or some some other faceless horde or group that uh, that we don't s- seem to get along with, so I don't know maybe it's time for, rather than going night up uh, or rather than going walking dead, where it's just a survivalist's wet dream mm. maybe it's time to to sit down and and do some drawings together
0: maybe yeah, maybe you could show them some uh some abstract art and perhaps that would kind of almost hypnotize them maybe um and then Hopefully. you might be able to might be able to get begin some understanding between each other
1: yeah yeah i mean music calls the the, the raging beast or how is it again but maybe maybe art can do it too i can't sing with a damn, so yeah,
0: why not excellent uh perfect That's well my plan. Oh, excellent! Um, and well, thank you uh, so much for your time today, Alan. Um, no, it's, been, it's been a real pleasure. And uh, just one more time, uh, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Well, keep checking my uh, my website, haveahole dot com. Sooner or later, I'm going to have some substantial <laughs> web presence up again. Um, find me at uh, Twitter on Twitter at haveahole, and uh, well. I'm the only Alan Haverholm in the world, so just Google my name,
0: and it will come up.
1: Yeah, I, I don't mean to be precious, but go ahead, Google me.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um And uh, your uh, your next project? When do you have a um, an ETA on that? At all? Uh,
1: well, all of the art is done. Right now, it's going to be a, a two. 250 page book of abstract works uh, reminiscent of um in top of phenomena that especially long time solitary prisoners mm. experience um all, the, all of the art, the art is done uh, now i just have the hard part in front of me which is finding a publisher
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> to
1: to do this because i'm not i don't have the, the cash to to push into this um okay. So I can't say exactly. I hope for it to come out maybe late 2019, early 2020.
0: Great. Excellent. Uh, well, thanks very much again for your time today. Um, and uh, good luck in the zombie apocalypse.
1: Thank you. And you too.
0: <laughs> thanks a lot, Alan. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye. Thanks again to Alan for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will let me know that you liked it, but I believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Alan's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all of our own links to the various areas of the internet. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.